it's EDB. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for this day four of month five, 2023. And our focus tonight is a meditation centered around National Day of Prayer and Reasoning, which will begin in just a few moments. to uh, begin and the folks can settle in when they do. I'm going to close this window right here and uh, and get this thing all started. I may have to duck in and out to see if I can. Who am I calling? Nakia, the podcast. You were calling me. I don't know why. Thank you. All right. So (laughs) this evening, we're going to do this very quick because we got a lot to do in a short time to get there. So... uh, we're going to uh, ask to uh, those who are on the program, I'm sure they'll be in in just a few minutes. Delegate Graves is scheduled to be here. and She will get here in a few moments. And uh, I'm looking for the program here because I don't even see where it is. I got a text message from somebody, and I don't know who I got a text message from. Uh well, it says that I got Oh, okay. Then that's not nothing. All right. Um, this uh, evening, as I said, we're kicking off what is called around the globe as the, or most of the country, but other nations sometimes pick it up as the National Day of Prayer. Uh, it's also considered the National Day of Reasoning. And what that was was the answer Uh, the secular answer, if you please, to the National Day of Prayer. And so it focuses on them uh, doing programs, activities, blood drives, uh, uh, opportunities of all sorts of um, what have you to make certain that we are uh, uh, kind of balancing out, I like to see. So tonight we're going to focus on those two a point. Uh, we're scheduled to have uh, two gentlemen, two friends of mine, a, a young pastor out of Richmond who's going to be joining us here in a few moments, and a young, uh, I like to call him a young minister, he won't agree with that, but out of New York is going to be joining us as well uh, in just a few moments. And uh, as I said, Delegate Graves will be here in just a few moments. And we're supposed to have uh, uh, another person who is supposed to be here, and hopefully he'll make it in in the next two minutes, and we can uh, kick off with him in the next two minutes or so. And we're going to try to find uh, Mama Bell and get her in here as well. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, since we seemingly uh, have a program that never goes right, because that's exactly how things work, you plan something one way and then it totally goes another, we're going to uh, change the program a little bit. Uh, we have our opening prayer that's down the bottom. We're going to move that to the top, so we'll have Grandmother to to uh, speak of, pray for us about a good two two, three minutes, she can spend uh, praying and and whatever uh, she feels, and we will do that, and then hopefully by the time she gets done with that, we'll have uh, uh, everybody in place to do what we need to do. So we'll begin with Grandmother this evening. My dear Granny, if you would uh, pray for us, if you please. Most gracious and all wise fathers, we come this evening, we come first to tell you thank you. We thank you for this great opportunity, O oh God, to join our prayers in with our nation, this national nation, national day of prayer. We just thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving us this opportunity. 
And as we come, God, we asking you forgive us for anything we said or done. And God, we asking you to keep our eyes focused on you, trusting you and obeying you. We just thank you, God. As we prayed in this evening, God, we praying for our nation. We praying for this world, God, that you will look down upon us, God. You see the situation and you know the problem. So we lift it all up before you right now, and we just saying thank you. We're thanking you in advance, God. We know you're going to work this situation out. We just trust in you today, God. We just trust in you and saying thank you because, God, you are a good God, and you love us so much, and we just give you thanks for all things. And as we come this evening, God, as you look down, look upon every listening ear today, God, you know who we all stand in need of. And we asking you, oh God, to fix every situation, every problem that we are facing today. God, some need some help. Some need finance. Some need encouragement, God. Some need earth things, God. They feel lonely, discarded. But, God, we trust in you right now that you will hear our feeble prayer. We trust in you right now, God, that you will just work it all out. We put it all in your hands this evening, God, because we know that you are a loving Father. We just praise you. We magnify your name. And, God, we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. 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 We are grateful for that moment of prayer, and uh, we have uh, with us this evening, I'm looking for a paper, I wanted to begin this, as we are talking about National Day of Prayer and also National Day of uh, Reasoning. Uh, Dr. Bill Newell is here to talk about an event that he is working on, and most importantly, a uh, project or a concept, if he's calling it, uh, and we'll let him talk, uh, give us some time here to discuss this. Dr. Bill Newell, uh, if you please. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eric. It's such an honor to be on this call. I thank God every day for life itself, and I thank God for the opportunity to share his goodness in every situation. Um, my life has been an adventure from day one until day of 76 years, and it has yielded for me uh, four amazing children, amazing 11 grandchildren, and a stupendous six great-grandchildren. But through that, I've had the opportunity to see God at so many different places he, and to have God use the leadership role I'm in, to be able to introduce people, uplift people, and bring motivation and encouragement. The concept of blessed community has been around forever. People, you know, if you look at the, the, the uh, people who formed their own groups, there are basic consistencies that people are working together for good. The one that, in, as an educated, I found out is that we have to find a common ground, that everyone in the educational system has to have value, that everyone has to have a voice in what's happening, and that, in fact, we all work together to create the best environment for students to reach their full potential. That's why I had a wonderful 31-year award-winning career in education. Now, as a retired educator, I have the responsibility of helping 11 grandchildren get off the launching pad. But what I'm focusing on at this point is I live in John Knox Towers. It's located in Norfolk, Virginia. It is in the middle of the Ghent community. There are 150 uh, senior citizens here, and it's a very unique community. It was founded by the United Presbyterian Church in cooperation with Lawson Realty to give seniors affordable housing within this area because it is a relatively affluent area. Well, the critical part of this whole thing is I moved into this community several years ago, um, and I couldn't afford it anymore, so I had to find other housing. I am now back 
and I'm back in a position where I want to exercise a leadership role. During COVID, almost all social activities ended because of necessity to quarantine. Now we're finding our way, and this is what the purpose of the blessed community is about. We live in community, but we need to also be aware of all others' needs, that we're in this together that there's a commonality of humanity that has to be exercised in every situation. I hosted a 75th birthday celebration, and at that celebration there were 50 people. They were young, they were old, they were black, they were white, they were Christian, they were non-Christian, they were gay, they were straight. There was a very diversified group of people, but they all came together and conversed with each other, groups they talk to each other, and that's what I think we're missing today is finding that common ground and being in something together, recognizing because the loneliness that was mentioned in the prayer is so real. It's a very much a part of our existence right now, and the only way we overcome that is to live together in community, work together in community socialize together in community. If someone's sick, we need to know it. If someone died, we need to know it. It's amazing in American society how senior citizens are pushed to the background, you know, that like they're simply out of sight, out of mind. Well, I think it's important for us to exercise something. What God, we're all God's children. doesn't matter your age, your ethnicity. We're all God's children. And as a result of that, there's such diversity that can be celebrated. So starting on May 15th, we will have our first gathering of a uh, blessed community here at John Knox Towers. I was thinking, well, it'll just be for John Knox residents. No, it's not. There was a woman in my car who, uh, I'm an Uber driver to help take care of my 11 grandchildren. But in that essence, she was a young mother who has a child, and she said, I need a connection group. I need someone who's going to listen to what my concerns are. And I thought, now, wait a minute. So why can't we open the doors to this community to anyone who wants to be a part of it? There are no closed doors. It's all open because we all face the similar challenges. Um, I'm so honored to be part of this. In my school district, where I was superintendent of schools, we started the first public preschool program in the state of Illinois. We also had a gifted program that was unique, and we started the first computer program for students in the state of Illinois. People came from all over the state. Why? Because people wanted to see solutions. They wanted to see people working together, and that's a blessing. God has given that to me. I, I, and I just I thank him every day for the opportunity to serve him, serve the Lord Jesus Christ, and let the Holy Spirit guide and direct. And I'm telling you, it has been a life of adventure, of total fulfillment. And uh, at 76, I'm not 76 years old. I'm 76 years young. I have a lot left to do. I faced death twice. Uh, declared dead by the doctors two times six years ago. And I asked God, since I have one son in heaven, I'm so anxious and looking forward to reuniting with him, but not yet. I have too much left to do here. And uh, God has certainly honored us. The doctors declared me dead. The Lord, through the saving power of Jesus, or the, by the blood that was shed on behalf of us, I'm able to be alive, to function, to be in great health, and to go forward with that which he's called me to do. I encourage everyone on this call, know that you're a valuable instrument in the hand of God, that he doesn't create any failures. He creates living examples of what he can do with humanity. And I encourage you tonight to know every day is a gift, that you can use that gift to bless other people. Eric, that's you know, my perspective on a blessed community. We're very excited to launch it May 15th, right here at John Knox Towers. Eric, Thank you, you Dr. Bill. Yes, yes. yes. Thank you, Dr. Bill. I'm uh, 
trying to find one of those seniors that you are speaking of, and uh, uh, we uh, had an issue where we can't seem to locate her, so we'll have to do that a little bit later. But Dr. Bill, I do appreciate you, and we wanted to, to bring you here as we were uh, thinking about this conversation this evening because I felt that what you were doing is definitely something that connects very closely to uh, what we want to talk about and, and how we want to live and how the whole idea of this uh, community uh, through uh, faith and prayer and reasoning how that works. And so I think, Amen. I think, Amen. I think it was a good thing. Well, yep. Dr. Bill, I thank you. Uh, we have on the line, because I got some calls. And those calls told me, they said, I got some letters in the mail, some packages, some things, what have you. And I, but I don't, I don't, I don't understand. And um, I, I'm of the impression, and I'm just going to say this briefly. I'm not going to, we'll, if you want to meet me in the parking lot, we'll talk about what I mean later. later. But I want to make sure that as we're heading down the road, first of all, National Day of Prayer was started by politicians. It was started by politicians in connection with the idea of a little piece of business known as the Constitution. And so inside of that Constitution is a little clause called separation of church and state and the freedom of religion and so forth and so on. So these politicians made uh, this, this idea come to life. President Truman was one of the, the founding leaders in the Declaration of National Day of Prayer. So that's why you see all the politicians talk about it. I thought it was interesting to bring in, as we're heading into the state regional election season, uh, a person who I think embodies, I believe at least, in this embodies faith and uh, community and also civic combined. So Delegate Angela williams Grace who is the current occupant of the seat that is slated for District 90 in Norfolk is here, but she's aspiring to be the state senator of Norfolk. We'll give her a few moments to chat here. Delegate Graves, good morning to you. Evening to you. I'm so used to doing this in the morning. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You got a nice crowd here, people to talk to, nice little crowd here, people. They got up to come here, you speak. They said, I want to hear this one. So I'm shut up. Outstanding. Thank you. So, um, I'm sorry? No, I was just giving you the floor, and I was going to shut up. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you for having me, um, and and thank you for recognizing this National Day of Prayer and Reasoning. Um, you know, there are so many days, Ice Cream Day, Cookie Day, Pink Dew Polish Toe Day. I mean, it, it's just so many days that um, a day like this for prayer can really get bogged down. And so I appreciate the fact that you, you recognize that. And I also appreciate the invitation to come on. Um, you've often heard me say, I'm just a church girl that loves Jesus and want to help people. And I think that's probably more of an embodiment of who I am than anything else. Um, I was raised in the church. My father was a pastor. My mother was a school teacher and a missionary, um, two or three of the most noble types of callings um, that you could have. And, um, and, and as I was growing up, I was a little rebellious, but they made me go to church every Sunday. And in addition to making me go to church every Sunday, um, they also, they were not perfect people. They kind of think my mama was, though. But they were not perfect people, but they lived, they, they worked to exemplify the love of Christ in our home and okay. with other people. They, they worked to live that with other folk, and I could tell you, I mean, my dad had a little bit of a temper, but I could tell you probably I could count the number of times on one hand and have some fingers left over that I ever heard my mother, my mother even raise her voice, right? And that's neither good nor bad because there's something to be said for, like, letting it all out. <laughs> but, um, 
But I remember there there is something I remember distinctly in our household, and it was my mother praying. I remember my mother always praying every night. I remember her getting up early in the morning, and she would be singing, and she would be praying, and she was either mopping the floor or vacuuming or and she used to iron my dad's shirts, ironing his shirts, and she would be singing and she would be praying. And I remember her praying and she would name all of her children. And I'm sorry, but um, that I didn't realize how important that was when I was a child and when she was alive. She named all of us individually and asked God to, to keep us and to bless us. And so um, I grew up with that. And then when I got grown and, as the season saints would say, I came to know the Lord for myself, um, I found myself praying. And I find myself even now, I don't just call my, say, Lord, bless my husband. I call his name and I call my family members' names and I call my my um, my bonus sons and my grandbabies. I call them by name because that's what my mama did with me and my brother and my sister. And so um, this day really does mean a lot because prayer was something that was influential in my life growing up. And I'll tell you just one more thing. When my mother got up in age, she started to experience um, Alzheimer's and dementia. And um, I remember I was at, I was either at Tidewater Community College or I was at ODU, and um, I hadn't really prepared for the exam. Um, I was, I was, I would been, would have been happy just to get a C minus to get out of there. And my mother was, she was a little, you know, fluid coming and going and all of that. But I said to her, Mama, I said, I need you to pray for me. I got a test tomorrow. And for whatever mental haze that she might have been in at the time and for wherever it was that she thought she was, she came to herself and she started to recite the Lord's Prayer with me. And I will never, ever, ever forget that. Um, I passed the exam, don't even remember what it was I passed with, but that experience experience that her connection with God superseded her mental incapacity was very impactful in my life. And so um, when I say to you I'm just a church girl that loves Jesus and wants to do right by people and wants to help folks, I grew up watching that. I grew up watching my father give folks money, young people money. I grew up watching my mother tell people that they were special and that and that ch- telling children they could do whatever it was that they set their mind to and that and, and that they were somebody. And I grew up watching them give and do for the community. And so that's just who I am. And so I'm just grateful to be able to be a part of this conversation about prayer and um, and reasoning, because the scripture tells us that we should reason together, right? How do we how do we deal with disagreements? How do we deal with things when we don't agree? We come together and we reason, and so um, that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> oh, that's my story. Oh, wait. I'm right here. All right. Well, I want I wanted to give at least a little bit of time uh, because the people are going to the polls on May 5, which is tomorrow. They mm-hmm. can start. And so mm-hmm. uh, they can uh, at least hurry your voice and and uh, put some some uh, some some semblance of understanding. I, I I started, and I don't want to put you because we had a little private chat, but I just don't – I believe if – and I'm going to tell you this publicly. If they don't mm-hmm. like you, it's because they just know everything about you and they just don't like you. And that's <laughs> the way I want it. I don't want it because they didn't know what they – they had an option and they didn't know who you were. And, and I mm-hmm. believe that the people perished because of a lack of understanding. 
And when folks say, I don't know what's going on, I believe that is my mission to say this is what's going on and this is how we make sure you know what's going on. And then if they don't like it, then that's their business. They just don't like you. But at least they know why they don't like you. That is so true. And here's the thing. I mean, Jesus raised the dead and he healed the sick and he had, he fed people and walked on when what is it? Peter walked on water, Jesus walked somebody walked on water, right? <laughs> um and folks was Peter, still but I... didn't like him. Folks still didn't like him. And and so I'm not saying that I'm Jesus. I, I'm I'm not making that correlation at all. But um I I, I understand that that that's okay. You know, I grew up in a fishbowl kind of like growing up in church and there was a two, three thousand members and it was just one me. And I grew up, you know, the subject of a lot of different kinds of conversations. Most of it didn't really have anything to do with me. And um so I, I respect the fact that if people don't like me, that is their opinion. But it's not because I have not done my best to do right by people. It's just their opinion, and they're mm-hmm. entitled to that. There are people I don't like, right. and not a whole lot, but it's some. And, you know, I'm entitled to my opinion just like other people are entitled to theirs, and I respect their opinion. Um, and, and even if they don't like me and they need help, I will still help them. Uh, well, that's the thing we wanted to make sure today, that that. It's not because of ignorance, and and that's the thing that I hope to see in this election, that it's not because of ignorance. And I think in a lot of elections, uh, even when I ran for office, there are people who still to this day cry because they said, boy, I didn't know you existed. And mm-hmm. so I learned that lesson when I ran for office, that some people vote because they just don't know. And so anything I can do to make sure that, that that is eradicated, I'm going to do that. So I appreciate your time because it's coming on that 6.30 hour, and I know you have somewhere to be, and I appreciate you for coming by. I'm driving And we're going to talk soon. Absolutely. Don't forget June 20th is Election Day, but early voting does start tomorrow, and you can early vote at City Hall um, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you are unable to walk the stairs and get out of your vehicle, you can come up to the – in the little circle, there will be a sign out there with a phone number on it. You can call that number, and somebody from the registrar's office will come out to your car and bring you a ballot and allow you to cast your vote and securely take that ballot back inside so that it can be counted. I appreciate you, and uh, I wish you the best on wherever you're going. I didn't get in your business, but we're going to talk soon because <laughs> we got a conversation to finish, you and I. Absolutely, absolutely. All Thank right. you so much for the opportunity, and y'all have a great night. You Thank too. You. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Mama Bell, I found you. Where you been? I've been right here. <laughs> uh, all right. I got some young folks. We got the yap in a minute, but since we're doing prayer night, you know, we can't do that because my – People said, where's Mama Bell? If she ain't tickling the ivory or banging on the keys, I don't want to come church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. Glad you here. Well, if you go over there and bang on the keys right quick, we got a, uh, these young men. I told you from New York is here, a friend of mine New York, and got a little passed out of Richmond, and we're going to rap a little bit about 20, 20, 25 minutes on these subject matters. And uh, and so if you will go ahead, because you know, you know how I do. I don't feel like a good sermon is good until I've heard Mama Bell. So I, I can't do nothing until i heard Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that. But I'll just... Um, You're going to sit there tonight? Set the, uh, set the mood with that. Uh, yeah. Thank you. 
Brother Ian, Pastor Corey. What's up? What's up? Great to talk to you. Yeah, y'all preaching for me this month, right? Both of y'all on individual days. You got it? (laughs) Yeah. I just wanted y'all to hear that because that's what y'all got to follow after y'all get done. So so you just want to know how that goes. Yeah, that, that's that's my that's my dear Mama Bell. You know, when the soldiers go to war, back in the day, they would go down to the theater to listen to music, and that would rise them up to go to war. That's what I do every Sunday. I sit here with my eyes closed, with a verse in my head, and just listen to her play for about three minutes, and I can go do a whole hour. <laughs> I love it. So you'll be surprised. You, you'll be I uh we we you and I talked, brother Corey, uh, C C Golf P Doc, however he's calling himself. I like to call him P. Mm-hmm. He likes to call himself C Golf. He's out of RVA. He's a youth pastor or just a pastor up there. But I call him the pastor of the next generation. Uh, you got uh, going up further north, maybe about another two three hundred miles. And you got Brother Ian's up there in New York. And so you got these two different styles. You got a uh, a Goss who's more of a CRC kind of guy, grew up there around about McBeth. And so uh, we, we know how uh, that goes, at least some of us, which is more contemporary, more urban, more um, new age in some instances. Mm-hmm. Then you got Brother Ian, who's more southernized, more, uh, uh, well, southern. That's a good way to say it. Uh, and then you got me, who's kind of a mix in between the two. Grew up in the classical Pentecostalism era. We are, uh, we're kind of, in, in, in retrospect, theologically, uh, the black version of Ian. And then we're trying to figure out where Corey fits here in a minute. I don't know whether we will figure that out tonight or not. <laughs> but I wanted to bring you two on and and kind of give a little glimpse into uh, what you are seeing when you're thinking about a moment like this. You ain't got to preach tonight because one of y'all I don't know what date it is, but y'all gonna have y'all time to preach here in a minute. So we ain't got to do that tonight. But uh, we'll start with Corey, just kind of giving a, a little overview, a little thought of what you feel when you think about uh, the culture and prayer and reasoning. We'll start with you, good sir. Yes, sir. So it's interesting because I think that that prayer and reasoning are opposites of each other. And I say that because our reason will sometimes tell us why we shouldn't pray or why we shouldn't do a lot of things that our faith tells us to do. And in this culture, we see a lot of people that are leaving the faith, that are deconstructing, that are uh, really having issues with Christianity. And that comes from the uh, lay members as well as people that are in the pulpit and people that are uh, in these platform uh, spaces as far as, like, musicians and artists and things like that. So make you nervous when we say prayer and reasoning together because, I know you you mentioned theologically where I stand at, and I just believe the Bible. I believe that we walk by faith and not by our sight, not by our reason, not by what makes sense, not by the things on, you know, how, how it looks, but we got to believe God in, in everything that we do. And if we're not believing, you know, God's word, then what are we standing on? What are we doing here? What are we, like, what's this whole thing about? Um, so the generation and the culture that, that, that we see right now, uh, I do believe that there's more reasoning involved uh, than there is faith, and that scares me as a as a up and coming minister of the gospel and somebody that grew up on faith and grew up, uh, you know, on heaven and hell and grew up on a lot of things that I feel like kept me. And now they're starting to get reshaped, and you have these, you have, uh, you know, these new age preachers, as you would say, I guess Eric, and the other people that are now questioning the scriptures and all kind of stuff. And it's just like, man, what do we have to stand on if we don't have those things? So prayer is definitely important. 
uh, and I think reasoning has its place, but I consider those two things in conflict when it comes to the culture. Brother Ian? Well, first let me say, Corey, thanks for sharing. It's great to be on the call with you. And I have to just give a resounding amen to everything you just said. Even when you, when you started, I'm like, okay, okay. And then by the end of it, I'm pretty much just waving my hands in praise. I, uh, <laughs> and that, that's partly in, a, in just let me jump on one thing I think uh, you were saying, which is, and correct me if I'm wrong, which is just that uh, the way the culture is being driven a lot more right now by reasoning than faith is really where I was going to, in fact, take my direction as well. Um, we need to be leaning on the scripture, leaning on the Lord and on his word to guide our life much more than we're seeing, I think. And E and I have had this talk certainly uh, a plethora of everything we talk about is in pretty much that duality of where we find the marriage between the lack of Christian faith in today's culture. And when I say that, I trust you know I mean it in its truest sense, an embodiment of the faith, an obedience to the word and to Jesus. So as we're going forward, let me just, again, compliment you on everything you said. I completely agree. And uh, while reason has its place, we must go by faith in all we do and stand on the word of God in that. Amen. Appreciate you. Oh, of course. Well, I go on vacation now. I got two preachers here, so they can handle business. So finally, <laughs> my brother did be farewell. And uh, I'll be gone all the month of May, so y'all no, pretty need much. Me. Oh no, you don't need me in May. I ain't gonna be here. I'm leaving the church <laughs> of y'all here. It, it took me three years to build this church. Don't tear it up. But <laughs> we got you covered. I, I want to um, to focus uh, on the fact that. Uh, well, well, first of all, you do, so I don't feel like I have to feel bad asking. If you're a woman, I, I, I might get neutered. But since you're a dude, I ask you, tell me, Ian, how old are you? Actually, just uh, I know your May birthday as well. My birthday, just a couple of days ago, May 2nd, I turned 32. Your birthday was in May? Yep. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. Yeah. Okay. Thank I already made a deposit on the you ain't getting no vacation time. <laughs> uh, 32. And, Corey, how, don't tell, if you tell me you was born in May, too, I'm going to get off this phone. <laughs> nah, I, I was born in March. I'm 38. Oh, you was born around there with Grandmama. What day? Yeah, March 13th. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you're not that old. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be 39 uh, next Tuesday. That's why I'm going on vacation. Gotcha. So you have some younger minds because most of us are used to old folks talking like this. And so it's very interesting to hear a 32 and a, and a 38-year-old having discussions about the culture. So when we look at building a new church, because that's what happens. Every generation dies off and the new one takes over, and we got to go in a new direction. Uh, uh, Corey, you are more in that phase more than Ian is, as you are a, a pastor trying to do that. You're trying to do that through hip-hop. Now, I hear what you're saying, and you sound like Grandma. Yeah, but I know. you preach like RuPaul. <laughs> That's so funny. I need you to explain because you are you are a classical Pentecostalist or Baptist, whatever you want to put there in theology, but yeah. you are an urbanist in style. Yeah, definitely. So please so explain how that. Operates. Yeah, for sure. So I think a lot a lot of people judge me just based off the way that I look, and they'll say, "Oh, he's probably from those you know those those, those new preachers and." He probably goes to that church that they drink coffee in the sanctuary and, you know, they wear those deep V-neck shirts and they wear them skinny jeans. Well, they're right. I do. I go to that kind of church and I am one of those new preachers. <laughs> but my foundation was 100% raised in traditional, I would say, Christianity where, you know, we, we believe in Jesus. 
So I'm part of the culture in the way that I was raised on the social side, but I'm not in the culture when it comes to how I think um, in my theology. I'm, I consider myself theologically conservative, um, and that always shocks people just based off, you know, everything that I have going on on my Instagram and Facebook. And I'm a DJ, and I rap, and, you know, they think, oh, he's one of those radical kids that forgot about the church type thing. But I really do love the church, and I really do love Jesus, and I put it uh, all throughout my music and pretty much everything that I do. And I don't think uh, that the church sometimes is used to uh, having both ends, having the person that loves Jesus but looks radical and is conservative, right? Because we've painted conservatism, and we've painted the way that you have to look. This means that you believe that if you look like this. So I throw people off every now and then, you know what I mean? But if you know me, then you know me, and you know what I believe, you know what I stand for, and things like that. Um, but, again, just like you was like, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not young, but I'm younger when it comes to somebody having a platform that's in the face. So, you know, I have, I have a responsibility that I feel like to my culture to be authentically me which is, you know, the tight jeans, the, the, the uh, Jordans, you know, I'm wearing hats in service, you know what I'm saying? I'm, 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 we wear or we drink coffee in the sanctuary, you know what I'm saying? There, there might be DJ out, outside, of, outside of the church when people are coming in and leaving. So that's my style. But it's all worshiping Jesus, and it, 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 all, it all points to Jesus. So that's what I tell people. Brother Ian, you, you, you kind of might have a different side. Or the same side of a different coin. What do you say, sir? <laughs> well, uh, I think that was interesting to hear. Definitely, I look. You know, I would even uh, love to attend one of your services sometime. Maybe, maybe that's in the future one day. And uh, no doubt. But not, no, I mean, I certainly think that really, like everything you're saying in terms of what I'm hearing, there's it seems all good. I mean, again, respecting Jesus, loving and giving the word, um, obviously admiring ch- and respecting church. Um, you know, if anything, I could say, like, I totally get where you're coming from, from without knowing you. And some, and you'll have, you'll have to send me a link over to your music. We'll have to link up. I look forward to potentially uh, to hearing some of your music. Yeah. I, if you rap, certainly, I know what you, I believe he, he said you do. So, um, but no, I, I think that's, uh, every, it all has its place today. And in, just in the essence of something he and I definitely talk about, which is, is uh, critical Christians, is like a bit of a pet peeve. Because, I mean, as we go about our daily life, cultures are always going to change. Status quo are always going to change. We're always finding ourselves adapting, adapting the way we react, and the word obviously stays the same. So this is the, one of the, the main cruxes that we can agree on, certainly. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah definitely. I mean, I think that's, that's all in all in good natured. And in actually, and when it comes back to it in terms of the, the looks, certainly that's actually something I think we're bridging in today's world is that new school preacher you might say that new school uh, mentality we're i mean we're a totally different breed than that old school mentality so let me actually say 38 brother you got a lot of uh, of time a lot of uh, hopefully good news to spread praise the lord i certainly wish blessings upon your ministry i'm not that i'm anybody but certainly i just hope all the blessings come to you because certainly uh yeah i think 38 is a prime age to to be feeding the people, to be out there doing the work of God. And I only hope that I might grow and, in, uh, in again, follow in the steps of like, people like yourself and people doing the good work. And, uh, and, I, and more or less back to the main direction, which is really, I, I even like what some of the things you said do strike me as very peculiar to what my small uh, experiences are with church. However, I wouldn't knock them. I don't think there's any place to judge when it comes down to one person's experience over another, as long as we have the Word of God in front of us. When our discussions of it there are come, up, come about, they're reverent. When the Word is being presented, it's, I think that's really the biggest, the biggest thing I'd place myself on is reverence. What do you really think about that when it comes to the Word? Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah, reverence is important. I mean, I think even about, since we're talking about prayer, um, you know, there's a way that Jesus taught us how to pray. He modeled it with the disciples, and uh, kind of we use that as a template even now when we pray. And and the the first thing that we do is we revere Him for who He is, right? We say, "Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Your name," right? So 
we're giving Amen. reverence and honor where it's due. So 100%, I'm definitely down for reverence. Yeah. Amen. Well, and that's killer, man. Definitely. And uh, like I said, I, I'm sure your uh, your sermon your your services do sound like a lot of fun as well, you know. And certainly that type of blend needs to be brought back into the church. I think we've seen in throughout the years, obviously, a bit of of uh, everything. We've seen those stuffy churches, which you no, know, who wants to go to those stuffy churches? And then obviously, people doing shows, which are I don't think anyone would argue some of the shows that go on in pulpits are pretty outlandish. So, but, uh, right, but no, right, I right. think that there is a place. There's always a place for, cause I mean, certainly I think we, one thing we can settle on, this is the beauty of the good news. The beauty of the word being spread is that type of message will reach certain people unreachable by a people who seeking more traditional hymns, more laid back atmosphere, potentially any number of those different type of worship styles. That doesn't mean that, they, that there can't be that one-mindedness. There can't be the understanding of, hey, we're all on the same team here, and we worship the same Lord, you know, if, if that makes sense to the point. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, the Bible tells me there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Amen. And somehow we got locked up. There's a difference between theology and denomination. If you are a Presbyterian, that's great. If you are a Baptist, that's great. If you're Episcopalian, that's great. That is your denomination. That's your reformation. That is your style. That is your tradition. But that is not your faith. And so I think that what you're hearing here, and it's kind of scaring me because I thought that that I don't know. Maybe I'm the radical one because y'all sound older than me. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, but you know what they say about me. I'm the man that say bring the gay man in and let him love Jesus. So, you know, I, I yeah, believe in gay sure. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. no, the, the Bible told me yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah, the wheat yeah. and the terry should grow together. So bring the gay man in and let him find Jesus. What God doing when he get in, I don't care what happens. That's his business. But uh, y'all yeah, sure. older yeah, than me. Sure. <laughs> so tell me something. Nah, nah, nah. I totally, I totally understand that. Um, we have uh, gay people that come to our church, you know, and we have gay people um, that we minister to as well, too. So we're definitely not on the tip of, you know, if you're gay, you can't come to this church. I think that's unbiblical. I think that's not necessarily the love of Jesus, you know, shown um, because there's a difference between being you know, uh, homosexual, I guess, and then living out that actual lifestyle, you know, like if I'm same-sex attracted, then the, I, I, I haven't committed a sin because I'm same-sex attracted, right? The, the, the sin is where if I'm actively being in that lifestyle where I got a, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a man, I got a husband, and, if and you know, I'm, I'm like openly living like that, then that's the, the whole rebellion part. But, yeah, just talk about that, you know, the homosexual thing, because that's really big nowadays. I don't see no problem at all with somebody who's saying, hey, I'm same sex attracted, but I want to honor God, so I'm being celibate, or I'm not moving on this, on this feeling that I have. The same way that, hey, me being heterosexual and single, I want to sleep with a million women, but I can't because I'm not going to because I want to honor God. So I don't go on that feeling of what I feel. You know what I'm saying? And I just say, nope, I submit to my flower. I, I, I submit my flesh to God. I'm like, this is what I want to do because I love God more than I love this feeling. So I'm with you on that, E. Yeah, well, that's about it. <laughs> well, I, you know, the good thing about having a virtual church is that, that there's, they, they run in and out of here every other Sunday and Wednesday and don't nobody know, and I don't tell them. And so, uh, because, again, my philosophy is always, as the scripture says, we, the tarry, will grow together. And yeah. in the end, he separated. And the scripture told me to lift Jesus up, and he draws. Not I draw him, he draws. So you bring people in, and just like your life is jacked up, and he got to clean you up, and he got to clean all of us up, and who am I to say who need to be cleaned up more? Because everybody's stinking at the end of the day. And if you hang outside yeah. the sun too long, you might make before the day ends. <laughs> so we right. all need a little watching. 
so I appreciate this conversation that we're having here because now I want to clear up reasoning because it is a problem, but it is not a problem. Reasoning, according to the definition that I would like to display here in our last few moments that we have left, uh, focuses on this truth. It focuses on the reality that we are united together as a human cause as a human community. And being united together as a human cause and a human community, that says that nobody should go hungry. I don't care what you believe. Nobody should be outdoors. I don't care what you believe. Peter, do you love me? Oh, yeah, I love you. <laughs> right. Okay, cool. So what you want me to preach on? No, I don't want you to preach. Well, what conference you want me to do? No, I don't want you to do no conference. But what Bible study book you want me to do? No, I don't want you to do no Bible study session. All I want you to do is open a soup kitchen and feed the hungry folks. <laughs> right, right. And so I feel that when I say reasoning, it says what are the things that we agree on? We agree that God gave us this world and we didn't tear it up. We hmm. agree that God made us all in his everybody regardless. And we agree that people have needs and we are designed as a church to meet them. And so those are the things that I went to church over um, let us settle this. Let us reason together. I believe that's what he meant. Let us reason together on what matters the most. And so that's where the reasoning comes from. Now, the faith part is going to be personal, and that's something you have to come to in your own mind. Yeah. And I feel that if you're going to claim this book and claim to live by saying, then there's certain things that you all need to agree to, which is what I find friends have discussed this evening. Don't, don't come tell me you're a preacher and you're a host, because <laughs> I don't want to hear you preach to me. <laughs> that's funny. Don't come tell me you're a preacher and you lying and cheating the people and you buying Cadillacs and all you care about is rent money and your BMW payment. You can't preach to me. <laughs> so when you read this whole book, there's two verses that we talked about this here a couple of Sundays ago. It said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, and the second is the greatest verse. And the rest of this Bible is irrelevant because there's only two things that matter. Love God and love people. <laughs> and so the rest of this book is just a letter to church folks about how jacked up they act. <laughs> there's only one thing in this book to a sinner. Repent and love God. 66 books about yeah. how church folks jacked up. So that's our <laughs> conversation in this prayer this evening. And I thank you about five to seven, and I appreciate you being here. Uh, Pastor, you want to you want to pray over as we conclude our time together. You got any final words you want to say? You and eat, brother Ian, and then you can close out, brother Ian. If you want to say final words, and then Pastor Corey, you can do your words and then close. Us, have a little prayer for us. So before uh, Pastor Ian talks, real quick. I actually have to go because I, I have to leave the discipleship class at 7. So I got to go get for these, these last five minutes preparing for that. But it was so good talking to you, uh, Pastor Ian. Hopefully we'll speak again soon. E I the uh, invite, and uh, let's, let's do this again soon. Take care, brother. All righty. Brother Ian, you know I made your passing. What's up? I said, he already made you a pastor, so go ahead and say your final words and and whatever's on your mind. Well, certainly I want to say so much uh, thanks to you for having me on. It's been a great opportunity. And even he getting to hear that wonderful story 
uh, calling in a little bit early was a blessing, getting to hear that amazing, touching, personal story of prayer and how wonderful that was. Uh, to If it was Miss Williams who was talking before, I know I've been reading the, the, the preliminary, but more or less, uh, so, I'm so thankful to the Lord, our God, for this life and definitely the, the relationship I've come to have with you. Definitely, I th- thank for you having me on. It's been great to know, Corey. I'm certainly going to reach out to you to have you link us up. Well, we'll we'll make that happen in the future. And uh, he had to go, and I didn't realize the time was go. He had a Bible study, so he came on earlier. Hey, he's doing the good work. Hey, beautiful are the feet of those who who preach the good news. So so good on him. Yeah. To my dear Granny, Mama Bell, and all of them, Mama Bell, you here? You all right over there? Did I put you to sleep? No, I'm still here. I'm here. All right. Well, Mama Bell is here. Grandmama is here. And if 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 you want to do something, if not, that's fine. I didn't ask you. You only was contracted for one selection. And you you obeyed your contract. No, I'm okay. You move along. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. She's fine. So my dear Granny will do a closing prayer, and then we'll be done. Most gracious and all-wise, Father, we just thank you. We praise you and we magnify your name. And, God, we come and say thank you. We come asking you, God, to look upon us, God. Oh, God, we asking you to search us, try us, and, oh, God, make us pure and holy for you. God, as we come this evening, we just want to tell you thank you. We just praise you and we magnify your name. We ask you to bless everyone that has something to say. You knows what their goals, you knows their opportunity, you knows all about them. And God, I pray that they will seek you and trust you and lead and shine for you. That God, that they may win other souls, that we all may win other souls for you. Bless us, O oh God. Bless our pastor, God. Keep him encouraged. Keep your loving arms of protection around him. Watch over him, O oh God, and minister to him. Make his things, make his goal, O oh God, the goal that you want him to be. We just thank you tonight, God. Oh, merciful Father, we just praise you and we magnify your name because of who you are. Bless each listening ear this night, God. Oh, God, open up our understanding that we might see and know and believe you and trust you and follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. I thank you all for being here this evening. And uh, since Corey made you a pastor, Ian, we'll go ahead and, and declare that. So we'll, by next year, you'll be a pastor somewhere. He said it, I can say it. And uh, we'll look to do this uh, again next year. If, if We'll already book past, uh, Brother Ian's schedule to, to do this next year, if that's all right with him. Oh, it's the first thing I'm looking forward to. It's already on my schedule. I, I, I already got it on mine, too. So we won't do this in five minutes next year. Y'all have a good evening and bless your heart. I want to read the scripture this evening for us on the way out the door that focused this evening. It's two parts in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17. It says, learn to do what is good. Pursue justice. Correct the oppressor. Defend the rights of the fatherless. Please the widow's calls. Come, let's settle this. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, while you're doing all that, pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance an intercession for all the saints. And with that, my friends, not only I charge you and encourage you, but I wish you a very good night.